Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And drop and rub Streaming live across the globe. Anjali Rao, Rob McKnight, and David Robinson. And drop and rub Welcome to the Ange, Rob and Robbo Show. Welcome to a brand new time once a week. It's the Ange, Rob and Robbo Show streaming around the world at 8pm on a Thursday. Robbo Robinson. <laughs> I've never called you that before. <laughs> no, but I like it. I'm, I'm all yeah, I'm all right with it. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's Tipsy Thursday, so cheers to you. Um, there's just one problem. A third of our team is missing. Oh. Mm. But she right. did. <laughs> she did send this message. Let's have a look. Darling and Robin Robert fans, oh, I know what you're saying. How could you? How could you leave us alone with those two? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I can't help the filming schedule for Real Housewives of Melbourne. This is just the private hell I live within now. Um, I would be there if I could. But I feel that you're in safe hands. I think that there's going to be some... And also some between all of them without me but that doesn't mean that I won't miss you every single moment um, I would love to show you what I'm actually wearing this which is my housewife's outfit or what I've actually done to my hair but I can't because that's but I'll be back with you super soon and I count the moments in the meantime have the greatest greatest time with rob robo jason and insert name here take it off take and i only wow. as far as uh show us the real housewives outfit that's well what I, I, was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say the budget for this uh this season has gone way down here. Uh, <laughs> i believe angelie's uh, dressed there by a truck stop somewhere out between <laughs> perth and the nullarbor which is beautiful beautiful uh. She gets in a lot of trouble if she reveals too much. But look, we <laughs> Ange is away and we will play with none other than Sarah Monaghan. Come on in Woo! here, Sarah. Hello. Hey! How does she manage to still look good in She's flannel? beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> well, how do you manage to look good at four o'clock in the morning? You're in Texas and it's four there, isn't it? 
It's uh, it's four, and it's a lot of concealer. <laughs> Indeed. Well, you know, you're looking good for it. Hey, um, we have a great lineup of guests coming your way tonight. Wait until you hear who we've got, because it all begins with neighbour star and son of Victorian Premier Steve Brax. Nick Brax is Whoa. with us, and let me tell you, this Whoa. is going to be fabulous. True crime author Amanda Howard has some breaking news on the case of John Bonet Ramsey and the new DNA evidence, which could help catch her killer. Plus, Mel and Caddy from Big Brother reunite for the first time since those blindside evictions. Jason Roses will have all the entertainment news, including hilarious video of a live news report that went horribly wrong. And Bruno's here to bring us some cheer. Let's see that shot, even though Bruno's gone. Let's see the shot anyway, Amanda. We've got everyone teed up. Oh, Jason's gone too. Jason and Bruno. Oh. <laughs> that worked well. Oh, well, sorry. Amanda didn't want to take the shot. There you go. Anyway. Uh, oh, Jason's popped back in. Thank you, Jason. Too late, mate. You missed your close-up. Like, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, and wow. Bruno's still not there. Uh, it'll all be right by next week. This is the pilot. No one's watching this. Um, one thing I will say, who was our first comment of the day? It was none other than Leo Paglisi. Paglisi. Here we go. Yes, absolutely. For the out of control of the end, Robin Roberts. Maybe we need that extra hour to prep. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not getting up at 3am every week. No. no. <laughs> yes, you are. All right, let's get into our hot-button issues because there is a lot to get through. An Australian basketball superstar, Liz Cambridge, has backflipped on her threat to sit out of the Tokyo Olympics after accusing the Australian Olympic Committee of whitewashing. The controversy started when Cambridge took issue with the athletes chosen to represent Australia in promotional shoots ahead of the Games. In multiple Instagram posts, she said she would be protesting over Australia's lack of recognition for athletes of colour in its promotional material, saying it's sad, the whitewashing is sad, your black athletes lead you everywhere, Indigenous athletes are some of the best athletes we have, and y'all don't use them at all. But days later, Cambridge uploaded a new video saying she would be going to the Olympics, saying she couldn't resist now that the bodysuits are back. That led to commentator Andrew Bolt demanding Cambridge apologise for having a hissy fit, saying she called us racist but is happy to go to the, Olymp go to the Olympics once we offered a bodysuit that flattened, flattered her figure. Cambridge has certainly had her detractors over the past week with people like Todd Woodbridge saying she disrespected the athletes involved in the shoot and was going and going public was not the way to do it. So Sarah, wow, surely if she feels this much anger about the issue she should stand her ground and not go to the Olympics, shouldn't she? Are you really going to give up your spot at the Olympics where you could then go and show that you are representing Australia and you are of colour and be one of the people that she talks about that lead the way? Um, maybe she could have gone to them privately and said, hey, you know, I've noticed that you don't have a whole bunch of flavour in your photo. Can we maybe do another one with some more representation in it um but no i i mean i, I i've had hissy fits about things that you know if it's something really worth it you backtrack but she probably should have apologized well i i really don't have an issue with her speaking up robbo if this is the way she feels 
Uh, absolutely. Isn't it funny how Andrew Bolt says that uh, she was uh, having a hissy fit and, you know, getting all excited. That's what he does every day. Uh, he's an outrage machine. <laughs> I agree with her. I think that uh, it was very poor form because you can see that diversity in a way was a theme of the photo shoot. You know, it, it was wonderful to see able-bodied athletes with Paralympians. That's fantastic. Not a person of colour in there. The AOC should be ashamed of themselves. They are the ones that should be apologising and they are the ones that should be paying for a new photo shoot to include all of the wonderful people of colour and First Nations people that have uh, that will be going to Tokyo and also as, as a homage to the people who have gone before. This is their fault. Now, I don't think that she should give up her spot. I think that she's made a fantastic point. She did it the only way you can in, in you know, nowadays. If, if she had gone quietly to the AOC and said, look, guys, I'm a bit worried, nothing would happen. You know, they'd sweep it under the carpet. It's this true. is the only way to get change. And I fully support this woman. She should not apologise. Todd Woodbridge should back out. You know, you're a white middle-aged man. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for your input. But I just want to hear from the, uh, the person of colour uh, about how she feels and how she's represented by going over there. They put in so much work and they even, I, I want to go back to this, they even had diversity as part of it, putting the Paralympians and able-bodied, normally something that you wouldn't often see in a photo shoot. They're doing that, but they're no people of colour. Shame. Absolute shame. How did they choose who was going to be in that photo? We don't know the answer to that, but there was an Indigenous representative in the photo shoot, but she's right. When we look at that footage, it was white athletes. That's certainly absolutely true. Does that represent the majority of athletes going? Is that the breakup? I don't know the answer to that either. I guess I feel that we're a democracy. She has every right to stand up and say what she feels. I don't have a problem with that yeah. in the slightest. I think when you say, I'm not going to the Olympics because of whitewashing, and then you turn around and say, oh, how could I not go? This bodysuit's fabulous. I mean, uh, w what is it? You know, like, is it is it a political issue or is it a about looking good. I think that's the issue for me. Um, even if she backed down, pinning it on the bodysuit, maybe she was trying to make a joke. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. I'm not completely sold here. I think she she Instagrammed in a moment of rage and then uh, thought, oh, geez, what do I do now? But, but, but she's able to, as, a, as an athlete or as a person, she can have a political stance and say that that was not on, which it wasn't on. And she can also say, well, these bodysuits look amazing on me and I feel really good about myself. You can have both. Mm, okay. We should make point. It's really um, the storms have been hitting up in Brisbane and the Sunshine Coast and they've been going full strength and to the point where they're actually making Robbo's the buildings Robbo's in front of uh, actually swaying, the wind is swaying those buildings. Oh no, you've, uh, you've taken away a bit of the showbiz of it because just before we went to air, I was having to hold the bastard because it was going like this. Um, so we should, we should yeah, point out, Robbo is actually in his backyard because he found <laughs> yes. out this afternoon that some renovations in his studio are taking place today and not tomorrow. And he got confused with yep. the message. He was doing it by the pool and he thought I was having a go at him where he had to put up the set miscommunication there robo i think next week we'll go by the pool without the flapping yeah. set how about that oh no no no! i've got a very special mobile studio i can't tell you much Ooh. but that will uh, be from next week very exciting mm -hmm. uh, more details then mm. well that's a tease if i've ever heard one all right let's move on for years we've been hearing about the nrl and afl's 
setting decency standards they expect players to abide by. But the recent Jared Hayne case exposed hypocrisy in what sporting bodies say and what sporting bodies do. Hayne has been jailed for at least three years and eight months for sexually assaulting a woman in her Newcastle home. Hayne had pleaded not guilty, but the jury accepted the evidence of the then 26-year-old woman who says she did not consent to the ex-NFL convert performing oral and digital sex on her in her bedroom on NRL Grand Final night in September 2018. But during the trial, it came to light that he had been close to signing a $500,000 deal with St George Illawarra. Now, this is despite the fact a US woman had alleged she had been raped by Hayne when he was playing in the NFL for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, in an opinion piece in The Australian, Jessica Halloran says rugby league needs to bin its redemption narrative and the culture in some clubs needs an enormous shift. She believes some clubs are more interested in protecting players than standing them down when there are serious allegations against them. Uh, Robbo. The NRL has been very vocal in wanting a better standard from players. We've seen them fined and all this kind of stuff. Do you think it's all just lip service? Uh, I, look, I really do. If you've got clubs and really big clubs, because only the bigger, more successful clubs could offer a $500,000 contract, especially with salary capping and things like that. Um, it, it's it's nice for the NRL to come out and we've got, you know, this um, these policies, but they seem to be turning a blind eye to the clubs who are then offering these ridiculous salaries and these ridiculous contracts to people like Jared Haynes. Jared Haynes is a grub. Uh, you know, uh, he's got form yeah, in this. Yeah, but we know a lot now, of... Robbo. But at the time, yeah. he hadn't been found guilty of anything. But but he had settled out of court with that woman uh, in America. Now, that to me, I know is not an admission of guilt, but it, it mix that with then this next accusation, which he is now being guilty of, that to me would go, he's not worthy of getting a $500,000 uh, contract. The thing is... Look, yes, there are a lot of nice, good NRL players, but there are a lot of grubs in there and the NRL needs to do more and they need to make sure the clubs are doing more because this is gross behaviour. That opinion piece in the Australian was really, really good, um, but they should just be weeded out, kick them out. They are grubs. It, it's simple as that. Sarah, what I would say is that these football players, it's... It's difficult in the fact that they become stars very young. It's a young man's game. Women throw themselves at them. They get this club culture. Um, there is, a, I think, a sense of entitlement. And I do think the clubs protect them. If there's a scandal, the clubs try to sweep it under the rug and hope the police and the integrity commission of the NRL does, don't find out about it. Um, I truly believe the clubs are more concerned with um, getting results on the field. They care more about whether they win the grand final than if someone's done the wrong thing away from the field, surely. Well, I mean, it's the same in America. I mean, basically, if you're a sports person, you could pretty much get away with anything. I mean, we were talking about it last week about mud sticks when it comes to actors. But you look at sports people like Mike Tyson, who actually served time for rape and then now is a mega celebrity again. Um, Kobe Bryant, you know, mm. 
mm. raped a woman in a, you know, allegedly, you know, got settled out. But I mean, really, sports people can do anything they want and they get away with it because the teams have so much money and they just make it all go away or they hire people to do counter, you know, work making the person look bad. Um, and I think that really it's up to sports teams. And thankfully in the US now, they are starting to do a thing where they're trying to lead the way. And um, I, that I think that they need to do a lot more work. And yes, you want your team to win, but do you hire a rapist just because he can throw a ball? Um, I don't think yeah. so. And the other thing is, even if women are throwing themselves at you, take the woman who's throwing herself at you. Don't go and rape someone who's saying no. I mean, take the willing one, you sure. know, go out with that one. You don't need to do bad uh, things no, just absolutely. because you can. Um, and, and by what I saw of this court case, and I don't want to get bogged down on this one incident because there are many more and we're talking generally, but from what I saw of this court case, she happily went home with him. But then when she realised that he was, he had literally had a cab waiting, you know, for basically he was going in for a quickie and then he was going to get in the cab and go back to wherever. That's yeah, and she's she like, no, thank you. Thinking, hang on, I'm being used here. I don't want to borrow this. And that's where the whole thing went. But let me ask you this question, Sarah. It's easy to say the clubs should come down on this, but if they come down hard and the game is less exciting because there are less um, talented players playing the game, will fans like that? This is a commercial enterprise. They're trying to get fans through the gates. Will fans be as keen to go if the games aren't as good? I don't care, <laughs> honestly. But like, you're not I a just sport person, but you know, I'm not a sports person, but I am still. I I enjoy some. So I take it back. I like ice hockey, but if like I found out that uh, like the hockey player that I liked was a rapist, I'd be like, look, I don't care how many goals they score, get them off the team, and maybe it's you know you have to find new talent and train them to be better players instead of just relying on the older people who think that they're gods. Yeah. Oh, look, I have a major problem with it i hate the culture there are some good eggs in there but um there's certainly a big problem let's move on because we've all seen question time get heated but check out this extraordinary footage of upper house mp in new south wales rose jackson taking on mark latham in defense of her colleague over the issue of working conditions in the hunter valley of the hunter valley coal miners Thank you, Mr. Deputy President. And I rise um, for one reason and one reason only, which is really just to defend the honesty and integrity of Mr. Jeff Drayton, who is unable to be here to do that himself. Not yet. Unlike the mover of this motion, Jeff Drayton has had a real job. He's worked as a linesman for Energy Australia. So whilst Mr. Latham was climbing the greasy pole, Jeff Drayton was climbing power pole poles to keep our lights on. He's actually worked in a coal mine. He knows the industry. He's not interested in the pathetic dress-ups that's not fooling anyone. The mover of this motion, Mr. Latham, has the softest hands in Macquarie Street, sitting around, writing the next, writing the next edition of his journal of the Latham Diaries, another bestseller, I'm sure. Dear Diary, Dear Diary, he writes, Today someone said partner instead of husband. I'm devastated. The hero of the working class, he took a break from reading postmodern cultural Marxism, whatever the hell that is, to go to the footy, but he sits up in the corporate box with his new mate, the Deputy Premier. What's the bet? He ate the pie with a knife and fork. He wants to come in here. He wants to come in here and spread lies. 
wouldn't surprise me because this member has a history on picking on people who aren't able to defend themselves, like our overworked public school teachers, on grieving mothers like Rosie Batty, like young gay and lesbian kids, like 65-year-old swim teachers who were harangued and humiliated by this member at a public pool. The poor woman, visibly shaken, just happened to be Steve Waugh's mum. That's the character of the man launching this attack. Those are the types of people he targets. The classic bully. Too gutless to go after anyone other than people who can't defend himself. The mover of this motion is a loser and a failure. A failure as Federal Parliamentary Labor leader. A failure in the ALP. A failure in the Liberal Democrats. A failure as a media commentator. How do you even get sacked from Sky News? They'll put neo Nazis on air. The speech to Twitter, oh adding, Mark Latham is a disgrace. Uh, <laughs> Sarah and Robbo, oh. I could see you both laughing at that. Does this bring down the tone of Parliament, or is this what Parliament needs, Sarah? Uh, a real rot up the jacksy oh, to, uh, you know, oh, put them in, put them that in was, place. That was brilliant viewing. It was almost as good as when you watch British Parliament or some of the South American countries where they throw punches at each other. Oh, um, yes. I, yeah, it's, it's always great. I mean, you want people to get involved in politics? Make it interesting. Make it worth watching. Um, that was, I thought that was brilliant. Although I did wonder if she's talking about politicians not getting their hands dirty. Is she also inferring that she herself does not? But um, no, I thought it was great. Let her go. And the comment about how do you get fired from Sky News. Was... <laughs> Robbo, I sort of feel like we need a bit of this in Parliament, don't we? I, I actually am keen to see people with passion. Uh, it's wonderful that we're, uh, uh, you know, making this program, our first program on Thursday nights about grubs because Mark Latham is also an absolute grub. Now, when you do things like Mark Latham does, where he just seems to stir up controversy, controversy or outrage, then you deserve to have this kind of thrown back at him. Uh, I thought that she was fantastic. I thought that this was the right way to do it. Um, I'd love to see his comments back. And also, uh, it's, it's a wonderful comment. If you feel this... Um, energetic about something and this passionate about issues like Mark Latham does, which he, there was a media watch episode which showed that uh, he contributes pretty much to the Daily Telegraph often, um, then you should say it without parliamentary privilege. If you're that passionate about these issues, uh, like Rose Jackson said there, pop outside and say the same things about everyone. But he only says a lot of those things on the floor of Parliament House in New South yeah. Wales. Um, they call it so, Castle. Yeah, absolutely. And but the thing is, he is so passionate about like there's there's black and white with Mark Latham and that's it. Well, pop outside and, and say that. But he he doesn't. <laughs> he loves to do editorials or grabs and quotes for the Daily Telegraph a lot of the time in Sky News. But he will never do it outside because he knows that he'd be uh, he'd be. I want to punch him. I think that's what I was trying to say. Then, but I was trying to think of a, he, to think of a better way to he, say he's, that. He's got form with taxi drivers. But I will say, Mark Latham is entitled to his opinions. He's an elected member of parliament. Um, it is what yeah. it is. But what I do like is when we see someone standing up defending a colleague who wasn't there to defend themselves and actually standing up and taking notes. And look, Rose Jackson, I'm going to talk to her. But before I get to her in a moment, let's have a listen to what the deputy chair had to say in response to Rose's uh, little speech there. 
There's just a couple of things I've got to say. The first thing is the volume is beyond belief. <laughs> the second thing is you should actually be directing the comments through the chair. Apologies, Mr. Deputy And the chair. third thing is it is actually disorderly if you're getting to the point of describing the people in some a person in some of the ways you have. So uh, look, he hasn't no he hasn't taken exception, but there is a um, there, there is a standard to maintain. So <laughs> is there really? Rose, Rose joins us now. Welcome to the Andrew Robin Robber Show, Rose. Hey, great to be here. Uh, <laughs> I love that. There's a standard to maintain. This is the same yeah. Parliament House that's been going crazy over recent weeks. That's right. Yeah, I mean, this is the same Parliament House where recently a member was forced to resign after sexting in the chamber. So, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Now, look, you, you went viral on Twitter. People love this speech. Uh, it, it was just extraordinary. Uh, we heard the deputy chair describe your behaviour as disorderly and the volume is beyond belief. Uh, I can tell you don't agree with that criticism. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I think if anyone was being disorderly, it was Mark Latham. Uh, and, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm loud, but I'm loud and proud, you know. They've got, got all to say. So <laughs> it's going to take more than that for them to shut me up. <laughs> uh, Look, talking of being loud, I know the feeling. It's something I have to deal with all the time. Um, what was refreshing, and the reason I asked you to come on the show, uh, was because it's refreshing to see a politician stand up for someone else, not just themselves. And we've seen Mark Latham, who's an interesting character from the point of view where he came from the Labor Party, and you called him out mm. over that. Um, do you worry about a backlash from him and his supporters he's a tough player in the political arena yeah no i'm not worried about that um i mean you know as i said in the speech he's a classic bully so he'll often go after vulnerable people who aren't able to defend themselves and you know that is what really pissed me off um about uh, his attack on uh, jeff drayton um and what motivated me to hit back because you know he was just being absolutely outrageous and i just got fed up and no i mean i'm not worried like you know him and his troll mates <laughs> can come after me if they want but um i, I feel completely confident um in you know pushing back on him and i think in a way the community reaction the public reaction to that shows that you know people are fed up with him and his behavior and i reckon just as i had jeff's back there'd be a lot of people who had my back um if he decided to do that i've got to ask now you've had so much success with this little uh rant and i'm used to a rant <laughs> myself will, yeah. we, will we be seeing any more Look, I, I do love a good rant, uh, so I certainly can't rule it out. I mean, look, in general, you know, we try and ignore Mark. Like when someone's bullying my daughter at school, you know, the first thing you say is just ignore them, just ignore them. And so in general, I try and ignore, you know, the personalities and the individuals, including the ones that are badly behaved and, you know, go on a rant about the issues that I care about. Like I got elected to parliament um, to use my voice, you know, to promote issues that I'm passionate about. So you'll definitely hear rants about them. I mean, you know, I, I can't rule out that, you know, people are going to continue to use their platform in Parliament to target vulnerable people who aren't there to defend themselves. Well, sorry, you know, I, I think it's got to be shut down um, and it's got to be called out. Yeah, I love that. And you seem to me someone who practices what they preach and you're really looking to do the right thing. What I do want to ask you about is the extraordinary scenes we've seen in the upper house in New South Wales 
Wales recently. You know, the new president of the chamber lasted mm. 90 minutes and it was yeah. just chaos. What the hell, for those of us who don't follow New South Wales upper house politics all that closely, what the hell is going on? Oh, look, it's just embarrassing. You know, I mean, we have a bicameral system in New South Wales, so we have the lower house, which obviously the government controls. Um, you know, that's where Premier Gladys Berejiklian sits. And then we have an upper house. The government does not control the upper house. Like, it just straight up does not have the numbers there. It's got a sizable block, but it doesn't control the upper house. And it decided that despite that, it was going to pick who the president was. It just doesn't work like that. Like, if you don't have the support in that chamber, you don't control who the president of that chamber is. It should be a pretty basic concept, I would have thought. Um, but they just kind of wouldn't accept it. And they just kept insisting and insisting and insisting that it was their choice and their right. And the majority of members kept saying, no, it doesn't work like that. And this sort of culminated, yeah, as you said, in them, you know, seizing the chair in a way, um, demanding that their candidate be the president. And, you know, then completely predictably the rest of the chamber moved a no confidence motion in that person because we didn't have confidence in them to do the job we made it was that a coup complete. it was literally a coup it i have was, not look, seen scenes like that it, it, it was amazing it was ridiculous we don't get a lot of attention in the new south wales legislative council um and sometimes when there's antics like that that go on i'm sort of glad that we don't and it was just interesting that another liberal uh mp yeah. was voted as president so that that's right and because we've been making clear that we, you know, wanted to try and, you know, work with everyone. You know, this wasn't just some straight up, you know, partisan political fight. You know, we wanted to work with them. And, you know, that's why another Liberal ended up taking the chair. But all of that fuss for that outcome. God, you know, I mean, ta taxpayers pay our wages. And I just think they would expect better. <laughs> well, Rose, I think you are a firecracker and I'm really intrigued to follow your career. Now, you're on the stage. You've been notice. I hope you'll join yeah. us again on the Andrew Robin Robbo show. Thanks for your time tonight. Uh, I'd love to. Thanks so much. Oh, she's good. I really like her, Robbo. I really like her too. I, I have got to admit to you that I hadn't heard a lot about Rose Jackson before, but as soon as I saw those clips today, uh, I liked her on Twitter. I've been liking a lot of her uh, policies and she's exactly the kind of person that we need in any kind of parliament, someone who will stand up, uh, be very passionate, very articulate. Uh, and I, I didn't really agree with uh, the man there who said, oh, the volume. No. We don't often hear um, male politicians being chastised for their volume, especially in any kind of parliament house. So that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad that she was loud and proud and I'm a big fan. Here's my prediction. Here's what the ALP, the uh, New South Wales Labor Party should do. Get this woman out there. She is the future. She will be a future premier. Yeah, you can move it down to the lower house and everything like that. But if they do it right, she has got the passion. She will get people on her side. She could be a future premier of New South Wales. If yeah, and, and right. Rob, granted... Yeah, sorry, Rob, to interrupt. Sorry. Uh, granted, I, I'm not fully across New South Wales politics anymore because I live in Queensland, but 
I couldn't name who the opposition leader is. No, uh, the New South Wales opposition leader for Labor is just yeah. the, the, the Labor Party at the I moment is a quandary. They're not really cutting through. This lady can. The problem is the yeah. factions might stop her from rising to the top. I hope they don't. I hope they embrace her. Otherwise, they'll keep spending more time in opposition. All right, let's move on because a young woman has been kicked off VIP dating app Raya after she posted a private conversation between herself and Friends actor Matthew Perry. In a now deleted TikTok, she was secretly filming a video conversation between the pair. The woman was 19 at the time and claims Matthew Perry, who was 50, asked if he was as old as her dad. While Raya has declined to comment, their terms and conditions state that every member must follow their simple rules of respect, trust and privacy. I've got a real problem with her sharing this video, Sarah. Yeah, and the whole point of Raya is to join, you have to have two people vote you in, um, and then there's like a committee that decides whether you're worthy of even being on there, and then there's a monthly fee. Um, and the whole point is it's celebrities and rich people and, you know, people who have some kind of clout go onto this service so they're not on just regular Twitter or Grinder, and they can have some form of privacy and, you know, a people of their, I guess, caliber that will respect who they are. And so for some person to go in there and, you know, did did Matthew Perry even know that he was record, she was recording him? Obviously I mean, that's a not. huge breach of privacy. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I'm so glad that they did kick her off there because, like, now there's going to be some trend of TikTokers who, you know, like start meeting famous people and then recording it for their own 15 minutes of fame and it's like just do your own thing but don't try and grab your you know TikTok, whatever just because you know you managed to swipe on somebody famous just that's exactly what's going on here robo she's like i got someone famous oh but he's oh but he likes me oh piss off the festival of grub continues on tonight's program because she is also I, I can't believe how many grubs we've got on our first thursday night late night show uh this is disgusting and, and just her arrogant way of like not even talking but like doing the little faces that no doubt she's practiced 400 times in the mirror before she recorded that video this is outrageous like get over yourself i really hope that she uh doesn't get the 15 minutes of fame that she so desperately is trying to get here uh she She's been kicked off. I hope this is the end of her. I, I think it's unfair. A lot of people use these uh, for romance or for sex and whatever. It doesn't matter. That's 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 their prerogative. It shouldn't be a thing of where someone like Matthew Perry or someone who isn't famous gets done by these kind of people. What what's she has got no leg to stand on? There's no argument here. She's an idiot. Yeah, and if she doesn't want to match with Matthew Perry, who's 50 years old, just just swipe the other way. Not interested. Exactly. Here's the thing. Here's what we need, right? We need a base on the moon. We need the ability to be able to get people like this and banish them to the moon. Get them off the like planet. We used, like they in, used to send everyone in, to in Australia? A, in an in a empty yeah, part of the right. world. Get them off the planet. Yeah. People like her are just bringing the human race down off your pop, off to the moon. Imagine every month if we had a series where everyone went, that person is an idiot, 
off they go. The, the human race, I mean, having said that, we might have more people on the moon than the planet Earth. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yes. That was my concern. But yeah, yeah. I'm, all for yeah, it. I, I'm all for this policy. I'll vote for it. I didn't really think it through. Anyway. And in 200 years, they'll be super popular just like Australians are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, so, so far, the, the, the population of the moon, uh, you Mark Latham, you Jared Haynes, <laughs> that idiot. Uh, Actually, we've already I'm got three there. People would vote me to go. Oh, I'd be gone too. So, yeah. <laughs> All of it. All Elon right. Musk, where are you, mate? Where One are last you? Last topic before we move into some really interesting stories and feature interviews, because there has been a lot of celebrities filming in Australia, but a new conspiracy theory suggests RuPaul may not have been one of them. RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under, the Australian edition, was shot in New Zealand, and the popular show premiered two weeks ago on stand. But people have noticed something is a little off. I watched RuPaul Down Under, and like. <laughs> I don't think he's there. Right, get him out of the way. Right, this is this is the walkthrough. I don't think he's actually there. So who are they talking to when all this is happening? But you're not speaking to RuPaul right now. You're speaking to your green screen. Look, that TikTok has gone viral and the Queen of the Jungle, Abby Chatfield, also shared her thoughts. I was going to speak on this and then I thought, no, I'm being crazy. I'm being crazy. I just watched uh, episode one and two of Drag Race Down Under and I was like, I don't think Rue is there. I don't think Rue is there. There are no scenes that you see queens with Rue, first of all. The responses seem like part of a script, maybe? So, um, all right, I've got to tell you, someone in the industry contacted me and said, mate, I don't think RuPaul's there. This was a story I was actually working on. And we've done a bit of digging and the contestants that were there say that RuPaul was there. Um, and there was also one quick shot where I did see them in the same space, but I haven't watched enough of it to go and see. It would be hilarious if they managed to keep RuPaul in another country, wouldn't it, Robbo? I reckon she is, because uh, remember when we had Drew Barrymore do that uh, reunion special with uh, Lucy Liu and Cameron Diaz? Yeah, and they were, they were, and you wouldn't, I, I, would, I would suggest that no one would have guessed it if they didn't actually own it straight away. I would assume that she wasn't here because RuPaul is a massive star, and if, oh my God, uh, and if he, oh, <laughs> Uh, and if it, sorry, the overlay is triggering. Um, if he was here, there would have been lots of publicity. He's not here. There's no way he's here. He wasn't in there would have been in New Zealand. Yeah, but there would have been so much publicity. We flew. We flew to New Zealand to interview Dolly Parton. Now I know that wasn't in a COVID situation, but he would have been everywhere in this area. Like Sarah says, rightly so. Um, there was. There is a bubble. He's not there. And also, can I just in the same shot? Literally, back rubbish. A second yeah, ago, he was and, in the same shot. And Lucy Liu and Cameron Diaz and Drew Barrymore were all in the same studio uh, in that I'm, special. Nah. I'm sorry to disappoint everyone, but they were in the same shot. Uh, it's just the way it is. Nah. 
<laughs> you can't. You, and also, All can right, I Robo, can I say Robo's something? Probably controversial. In his very technical. Nah. Nah, you nah. bastard. Um, uh, can I quickly say I've never watched a frame of RuPaul's Drag Race, and I have no interest. I, 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 I know I I'm probably in the minority. Well, there was certainly some of it, but I, I won't be going to RuPaul's Drag Race to watch that, those clips again. I'll be going some. <laughs> All right. Let's Where get else? into it because there is a lot coming up on tonight's edition of the Ange Robin Robbo Show. Neighbour star and son of Vic, former Victorian Premier Steve Brax. Nick Brax is with us. And will he have his shirt on? Wait and oh. see. True crime oh. author Amanda Howard has some breaking news on the case of John Benet Ramsey. There's new DNA evidence which could help catch her killer. Plus, Mel and Katie from Big Brother reunite for the first time since those blindside evictions, and we'll find out whether Mel has forgiven Katie. And of course, Jason Roses has all the entertainment news. What's ahead, Jason? The quits, but is it really for the reason she's claiming? The story has been developing every hour, and I'll bring you the latest. You've heard the terrible news that TV icon Bert Newton has had to have his leg amputated. Well, now there's more news on his personal health battle. And the Golden Globes have been axed. There is more drama than any of the movies nominated. Just wait until you hear the inside story. The entertainment report is coming your way shortly. And guess what? Bruno is here as well. Over to my favorite bearded gentleman, Bruno. What have you got for us? Oh, you're an absolute sweetheart. Listen, tonight I need to chat to everyone here uh, about their sex lives. Uh, oh, not because really? I'm a perv or anything like that. I don't know. I just need to clarify some things with you guys that I read. Um, so, you know, it's the perfect place to do it here, Rob. <laughs> Great. I can't wait for that one. Well, that's going to be coming up shortly. Bruno, we love having you here. Thank you very much, my friend. See you soon. Well, our next guest is the very definition of a slashy actor slash model slash fashion designer and mental health advocate. Nick Brax is changing lives all over the world. Now, you'll know him as Brandon Danker in Neighbours or watched him on Dancing with the Stars. And you might even remember he is the son of former Victorian Premier Steve Brax. But now Nick is making headlines around the world with his podcast and online courses. His vulnerability is changing the way we think and speak about mental health. And guess what? He joins us now from New York. Nick, welcome to the end. Robin Robbo show. No, mate, thank you for having me on. I'm glad that we could find a time that connected between New York and in Australia. So it's great to be here. Absolutely. Look, great to have you. You have been in the public eye for a long time. Is it difficult to be so open and vulnerable when you are a public figure? Uh, I think at the beginning it is, yeah. I mean, and, and we're sort of conditioned and taught not to show that vulnerability. I've been doing it for so long now that it's second nature. And uh, I, that's why, you know, I try and use my platform and the movie mind business that I run to encourage others to do it. But if I think back to when I first started talking about it, I was terrified. And that's why I continue to do it, you know, 10 years down the track, because I just know, you know, whether you're a public figure or, or not, this is um, stuff that we need to talk about. Mate, you, you've been through the ringer. Your father is Steve Brax, as I mentioned. He was Premier of Victoria for eight years. Um, that must have added pressure to the way you grew up. 
yeah, I mean, not from not from him or my parents or you know, not pressure really put on any in any other way than me putting it on myself. So it did it added it in that in that sense. Um, I guess you're growing up in a unique situation. You're trying to work out what your own identity is. Uh, but you know, I look at it in two ways, uh, and I think this is how you look at life as well. That yes, there were you know negatives or difficulties about it, but there are also a lot of positives and a lot of opportunities that came out of it. So I think that's how we have to look at everything. And uh, it made me who I am today. And, you know, I wouldn't change anything, but it's definitely a unique and different way to grow up. How hard was it when uh, he is the premier? There's a lot of pressure and a lot of eyes on him, but you were trying to find your own identity. You had a few issues along the way. Um, was that tough on you and the family having being in the public eye? Oh, definitely. I mean, naturally, it's going to be very hard on the family. Uh, it was hard or confusing for me. Uh, I definitely didn't like putting the family, you know, in that situation. But at the same time, I don't regret anything because, you know, I'm I'm not a bad person. I was out doing my best and making mistakes. They just happened to play out publicly. And uh, I think as long as we learn from those things, but, you know, it's tough. And I think, again, that goes for any family in the public eye, especially politics. I mean, politics is really really tough on families, on everyone involved. It's a, you know, ruthless uh, in industry. Uh, so um, it's definitely, yeah, something that uh, I think you, you grow from, uh, but it's a tough thing. Was there a moment you realised the true cost of being in the public eye, the invasion from the press? Was there a moment where you went, I, I can't believe this is happening? Yeah, definitely. I, I, look, I was a 19, 20 year old kid making mistakes, um, suffering from, you know, mental health issues, trying to learn who I was, trying to work out life like a huge amount of people. The difference was that that played out in the public eye. So that uh, was definitely something that was, you know, hugely difficult. But uh, at the same time, uh, I, I think that these kind of situations help to you can go you can go two ways. You can either, you know, spiral or you can learn from it and actually grow and I, again i look at it in the sense that if i didn't get put in that situation it wouldn't it probably wouldn't have elevated my personal growth and led to me having to explore myself and uh going down this avenue i've gone down where i'm trying to help other people and talk about this and you know basically just uh, make vulnerability more uh mainstream is you know the main thing i want to sort of talk about yeah now look i want to talk to you about your acting career you were of course in neighbors in a recurring role for a couple of years <laughs> was there any a time was there ever a time you had your shirt on in that show <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I can probably count on my hand the amount of times I had my shirt on in that show. Uh, there were there were a few, and you know, look, I, I I would like to say that you know I'd like to be seen as a serious actor, but look, it's Neighbours, it's a great show. I'm you know grateful to be on it. I learnt a lot, uh, and if taking my top off is what it what it takes to be on that show, then you know I'm willing to do it. But it was it was a great experience and my first proper acting role, and I, I learnt a huge amount from it. And you know, I, I've been at the acting thing for about six 
years and I'm over overseas auditioning and, you know, it's a tough gig, but it's uh, something that I love now and, you know, going to stick out long term. And, and I, I think you grow personally through that as well. And I will say, if I looked like that, I'd have my shirt off all the time too. There you go, mate. Well, I, I don't look quite that good these days. I've, I'm in New York eating eating a lot of pizza and bagels and I was back at home in quarantine with uh, for 11 months last year with mum cooking for me 24-7. So that was not good for the wasteland. Mate, there is, there is a serious part we need to talk to about neighbours before we move on to the mental health, which I'm a very big advocate of as well. Um, there have been so, uh, some issues about racism in the workplace on neighbours. Did you experience any of that as far as seeing that, witnessing that, um, these claims that have come out? No, I didn't. I didn't. I heard about that. Uh, I don't know a lot about it, actually. I heard about that when it came out a couple of weeks ago through a friend. I didn't know anything about that. From my experience on that set, everyone was great to work with. Uh, the actors on there were great. Everyone was accommodating. Uh, but, you know, hearing that, I, I can't really comment too much other than uh, I obviously anything in that line needs to be investigated. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's wrong if that's what's happened. And, um, you know, you don't want that to happen in any workplace. So I was, I was surprised to hear about it. Yeah, okay. Now, look, uh, talking about mental health, which we did a moment ago, you are a big mental health advocate. Um, you've got your podcast, Move Your Mind. I think mental health is still one of the biggest issues we're not talking about. Yeah. Uh, look, the, probably the best thing about COVID is it made mental health get talked about because we, uh, you have people suffering that were in so much pain and, you know, so lost that they had no choice but to talk about it. But at the same time, this has a huge way to go. And, and I think things come in waves and it's like a lot of movements that happen. People in that period will talk about things and embrace it and then they'll go back to their old ways. And we need to really change the conversation long-term. Governments need to intervene more. We need more uh, preventative solutions, not just reactive solutions. We need education in schools. There's a huge way to go, and uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm dedicating my life to trying to help in this area. Through, you know, I've launched the Move Your Mind podcast. I've got a book uh, coming out. I've signed a book publishing deal with <clears throat> with Wiley, and it's called Move Your Mind, and that gets launched in uh, released in August this year. And again, that's a, a, a toolkit to uh, teach people how to how to you know embrace different areas and put holistic sort of behaviours into place to help with mental health and all sorts of things like that. Well, mate, I think you are an amazing man and I really applaud the work you do. More needs to be talked about when it comes to mental health. And you can hear Nick on a new edition of the TV Black Box podcast. He's about to sit down with Aaron Ryan and have an in-depth chat about mental health and many other things to do with the TV industry. Nick, thank you for being on the Ange Robin Robbo Show. Thank you, mate. appreciate you having me on. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Oh, okay, it's time to head down memory lane and have a look at what happened this week in history. It was during this week in 1994 that Nelson Mandela was sworn in as South Africa's first black president. He was also the first to take office in a full multicultural democracy following the dismantling of the apartheid system. Also during this week in 2010, Jessica Watson made history at age 16 when she returned to Sydney and became the youngest person to sail solo, non-stop and unassisted around the world. She was greeted by family and masses of spectators at Circular Quay. And finally, it was this week in 2019 when <laughs> Rob's tears could be heard around the world, the AutoQ says, while the rest of us rejoiced as the last episode of The Big Bang Theory aired after 12 seasons and 279 episodes. Can you tell Robbo was meant to read that? But uh, Robbo's having fun. Take the shot of Robbo, Amanda. Yes, we've lost him. <laughs> Sarah, live, t live internet streaming. It's a funny thing, isn't it? Oh, we've lost Sarah. Oh, Robo's back. <laughs> it's the juggle. It's the juggle. Hello there. Sorry about that. Uh, we just lost a bit of the internet there. Mummy was trying to iron my shirts for tomorrow and she accidentally pulled out the internet. Are you serious? No, no, no. She oh. wasn't really ironing my shirt. No, no, she wasn't ironing my shirt, but she was ironing a oh, shirt for my sister. Oh, she did pull it out. Yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> the renovations have also cut down our PowerPoints here. It is that kind of, it's like we're living in a shanty town at the moment, but uh, she accidentally pulled it out. So, uh, yeah. Do you want to get on to this week in history? Have We've you done already it. done it? Uh <laughs> Oh, no, we haven't. Off you go. No, we've done it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that, everyone. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, she was very sad. She said to say sorry to everyone. She was oh, look, I feel like this is our first episode ever again. <laughs> you know, like, it, everyone's like, you've had a week to prepare. You know, we've got other stuff going on. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, and maybe we get out of practice. Look, can you believe it's been 25 years since the death of six-year-old beauty queen John Bonet Ramsey? On Boxing Day 1996, the world woke up to the news the little girl had been kidnapped, but what was to follow was much worse. Many reports, like this one from CBS News in America, followed the case. Investigators who have been focusing on the family home of six-year-old murder victim Jean Benet Ramsey have now issued two search warrants in Boulder and in Michigan, where the family owns another home. What they gathered is still unknown. Meanwhile, people who didn't even know Jean Benet are stopping by the house to lay tributes. It just really touches your heart. We've got three little girls and just couldn't imagine life without them. In the weeks since the murder, we have learned more about the world in which John Bonet lived, a beautiful child of a wealthy family driven to succeed in a unique world of lights and pageantry. John Bonet was polished and precocious, part of a world involving children paraded before their friends and parents. She was named Little Miss Colorado. Did John Bonet have a bright future? Oh, definitely. Talent agent Deanna Hediger met her two years ago when John Bonet's mother, a former Miss West Virginia herself, was starting her on the pageant circuit, an expensive and competitive goal. She seemed quite involved in her daughter doing well. Was it really important to her? 
it seemed like, you know, that she was really into it and really wanted her daughter to do well. Yeah. The Ramsey family showcased their daughter in everything they did. This tape was commissioned by the Ramseys two years ago as a Christmas gift to friends. Hello, I'm Patsy Ramsey. Daddy's not here, but this is Jean Bonnet. She's four, Burke is seven. And we'd like to welcome you to our home and wish you a very Merry Christmas. Merry the privileged world in which John Bonet lived now extends even to her death. Her parents have hired their own private detectives to investigate the murder in this home. Boulder police are finished here and some detectives have gone to Michigan. They still have not interviewed the parents. Diana Olick, CBS News, Boulder. Well, 25 years later, the killer still hasn't been found, but there's been a new twist this week involving DNA evidence. Amanda Howard is known as the serial killer whisperer and host of the true crime podcast, Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. Amanda, this really is a case that's fascinated people, isn't it? It has, and this seems to happen a lot with unsolved cases because uh, there is so many questions more than the answers that we have. So to have developments like we've had this week has been amazing to see that there becomes like a hive of, of, of activity when usually these sort of cases sit on Reddit posts and things like that. But um, now a lot more people are involved because there seems to be a final breakthrough in the case. I mean, it's not the first time that we've seen a breakthrough, but it is um, a big one that's actually coming. So what is the new development that's happened this week? Well, they've um, actually done some DNA testing and they've been able to actually get a match to someone who, as far as I'm aware, wasn't actually a person of interest, but someone who has DNA in the system, whether it's from 23andMe or any of the ancestry sites. Um, but they've been able to link that person to a neighbour of the Ramses. So um, because there is that close proximity, it often means that um, they might be actually getting closer to an answer. So it's, it's thrilling that DNA, once again, and looks like it may solve a case. And Amanda, DNA has played a vital role in solving some pretty big cases like the Golden State Killer, hasn't it? It has, and it's because uh, they're able to go back multiple generations to actually find a, a, a trend in a family line that then they are able to build down until they actually get to the killer themselves. And even with cases like um, BTK and the Golden State Killer, they actually uh, get DNA from family members first before they actually sort of go in for that final person. And um, with Golden State Killer Joseph D'Angelo, they actually got um, his DNA off a discarded coffee cup. So, I mean... The way that they sort of go around this and finally get their man is quite amazing. And I'm, I'm a little bit excited about the John Bonet case, I must admit. Uh, of course you are. Now, look, a lot of people have been accused of killing John Bonet, including her brother. Does it seem like this new evidence could clear those suspects? Well, I mean, if, if they have a chief suspect, obviously it will clear the others. But um, there are so many different scenarios and quite valid points that they have come up with the theory, such as, as Burke did it. Um, it was an inside job. It was um, a local pedophile. It was, you know, a neighbour. There's all these different reasons. Even, even John Ramsey came forward and said that he believes it's happened because he had just sold his company. He was worth millions and millions of dollars and that she was just a pawn in someone's jealousy against him. So there's... Oh. 
Oh. All these different suspects, there's all different people involved in, in the case. So the DNA, though it, it we pin a lot of hope on DNA, we have to remember that there is still these other scenarios that actually might be more viable or that this just could be that red herring that just sort of um, inspires the case. But sometimes one piece of evidence will actually lead to a secondary piece of evidence which might just bring all back together where it needs to be. Hmm. And before you go, I've seen that you've got a video podcast now. What's that all about? <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. Um, that wasn't yes, a pudding uh, question at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. So Robert and I, um, as co-hosts on Monsters Who Murder, we not only do our uh, recorded voice podcast, we actually also do our video podcast now, which is really helpful when we do things like um, go through the body language of, of police interviews and things like that. We've just recently recorded the uh, Mick Phil pot case in Amer in England and to be able to see that body language that sort of um, gives you all of those red flags I talk about on the podcast it just adds that extra layer of understanding and um, it's actually our anniversary today we've been doing the podcast for three years as of today so oh, happy anniversary. isn't it nice <laughs> yes. that I was able to get a plug in Robbo I know you're surprised <laughs> that I was able to do that <laughs> oh, I loved it and the whole title there also that blood background is disconcerting but I like it uh, I, love actually, it. I have changed the background on this thing every week because I still haven't been happy. Uh, we just recorded another episode and I've changed Imagine the background that. again. But uh, <laughs> it really, look, it, it really is a good podcast to watch visually and it, it stands uh, differently to other true crime podcasts. And look, if you want to watch that video podcast I make with Amanda, you can simply go to mwm.uscreen.io. That's mwm.uscreen.io or you can listen to the podcast in the usual podcast feeds by searching Monsters Who Murder Serial Killer Confessions. That's just for you, Robbo. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda, thank uh, you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, guys. It's the Red Life Shot of the Day. Where are you going today? You never know where you'll end up with the Red Life Shot of the Day. And today we're taking you to Viva Las Vegas. This lovely view is from the Treasure Island Hotel and Casino. While you may know it for its gambling and elopements, the name Las Vegas actually means the meadows. And if you're a Ron Burgundy fan, you might remember what uh, he believes that uh, San Diego stands for, and that is whale vagina. <laughs> they had a nice hot day today, as always. Sunny with a top of 35 and a bottom of 21. Let's get to some feedback now here on the Anne's Robin Robin show. Uh, MVP Madsen says Mark Latham says a lot on Twitter. I like him. Uh, okay. Uh, Jamie. Hello there, Jamie. New start time. Oh my God, I am awake. <laughs> that, <laughs> Too bad. That makes not. one of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Justine says, I love having Sarah on. Sarah is absolutely Aww. beautiful. We have lost Sarah a little bit, but we're trying to get her back. Uh, Big Brother Oz says, Sarah, what happened to the blue hair? I love the blue hair too, actually, which was very, very pretty there. We'll ask us soon. Mary Matthews, hello there. Anyone else getting vertigo with Robbo's background? No, no, I think you've just uh, gone for a tipsy 
Tipsy Thursday too much, Mary. The background doesn't move at all. I think it might be you. Big Brother Oz says, Happy birthday, Robbo, for the other day. Oh, thank you. That's very lovely of you. It was a lovely day. Thank you very much. Uh, and that is all for feedback here tonight on the And Robin Robbo Show. If you'd like to leave your feedback, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at The ARR Show. We are also on Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok at And Rob Robbo. Back to you, Rob. Well, they were on opposing sides of a divided house, but ultimately both met their downfall this week and were evicted from the Big Brother house, and we are all the worse for it. But we are bringing them back together. Katie and Mel, welcome to the Ange, Rob and Robbo Show. G'day, Rob. G'day, Katie. Thanks for having us. Good to see you again, Mel. Ah, uh, yeah. is it? Well, let's get to that. I've got a lot to talk to you guys about. Let's start with you, Mel. You and Katie were absolute challenge beasts. You're both obviously very physically strong. But what struck me was your mental strength. How important is the psychology endurance of doing these challenges? Oh, I think overall it was everything because clearly Katie, she's physically way fitter than me, way stronger, um, fitter. I, and I, I, don't, I didn't even go to the gym before going in that house, so it must all just be mental, I reckon. <laughs> now, Katie, you and Jess had a very close relationship. Did that help with your psychology um, that we were talking about having someone you could just trust 100%? Because you got very close to Jess. Absolutely. She was my number one in the house and um, that definitely helped me. I felt safe. I felt protected. I felt um, that she was there for me emotionally and that is a massive benefit to the house for sure and my time in the house. We're only one year apart. We're both athletes. Um, I think we do have um, similar views and similar values and I, I don't know, we just had fun together in the house and um, we had a very fiercely loyal relationship um, and would love to put rumors to bed it was a friendship because um, there's a lot of people a lot of people coming and asking me so many questions but uh, it oh, was really I actually hadn't thought about that I just thought it was a lovely friendship but people are saying uh, it was a romance are they? <laughs> people are saying it's a romance yeah well J Jess is gay she's got a beautiful girlfriend obviously wanted to clear that up because she has a beautiful girlfriend in the outside world um, and yeah it was a friendship and like so hang on, Katie, would you, if she didn't have that girlfriend, you're using that as an excuse here? No, no, I'm not that way inclined. So I actually <laughs> love her as a friend, yeah. But, I mean, the rumours have been hilarious. It's been, it, it's been hundreds of messages asking me about it, which is quite funny, actually. <laughs> Look, um, uh, uh, going back to the gameplay, you guys were definitely a house divided and there was a very clear split, split down the middle. Have a look at this moment from episode three. Do it for Nana. Stay strong, girl. Come on, girl, hold it, hold it, hold it. Oh, Mel, your face said a thousand words. Was that the moment you realised that Katie wasn't on your team? Yeah, it was really evident in challenges because Katie's very loud at rallying and um, I don't think she ever once said go Mel, unless maybe it was just her and I near the end and she thought maybe, maybe I'd better start cheering for her so she doesn't vote for me, but uh, no. it was it was a fun rivalry though, It's it yeah. really was and um, yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, what can I say, Katie and I are friends so we're good. After Nick was evicted and Danny became the so-called new man, did you believe it or could you tell he was still gunning for you? You really did seem blindsided by Danny. 
I was completely, I was blindsided. Um, I know he wasn't a changed man, but to be honest, I was also playing him a little bit. I didn't want to continue fighting. I didn't want to continue coming, you know, us going at each other. I didn't want that. But I really did fall for his act of him not totally coming after me. I knew he wanted me out of the game, but I didn't think he was going to take me out that exact eviction. I thought he was going to let me go for one eviction to and then go at me. Um, so, yeah, it was actually it was a fantastic blindside for Danny to do that. And you know what? I blindsided Nick. He blindsided me. You know, well played, to be honest. Like, big move. That And that's how the cookie crumbles. That's the game. We, we all play hard. Yeah, see... I, I'm keen to go in the Big Brother house, but this is where I don't think I would survive because I know it's a game, Caddy, but you all blatantly lied to each other. You know, you all said, oh, you, we won't put you up, and then you all did it. It was almost like if someone said, I'm not putting you up, they were definitely putting you up. Yes. <laughs> That's how I felt, didn't I, Katie? When you were all running around saying I was safe when Nick was going up, I was like, mate, the more you guys tell me I'm safe, the more I think I'm going home. <laughs> No, but you definitely were safe, 100%. Look, my lie in the house, my lie in the house was the lie that I said to Nick. And that lie was a clear lie. But actually, it was also, for me, I'm like, you weren't in my alliance. I protected my alliance. I never once lied to my alliance. And I'm okay having done that lie before that alliance because that was the only time in the game where I was dishonest and, I, and I'm, I'm okay with that and at the end of the day like we were opposing alliances we had to get the game going it had to it, the war had to erupt and at the end of the day you know I got my serve Danny won the battle and I went home you know well played like I'm not going to sit back and be bitter I'm going to sit back and go yeah I blindsided you you blindsided me you won the battle like that's how it goes <laughs> well you paid a heavy price you ended up getting evicted yeah, but we took out key players. Look at the key players that went home. Mel was such a big threat to the house. Nick was such a big threat to the house. I was such a big threat to the house. Like, we actually were such big players. So it's a shame that we had to go, but it's also like, that's the nature of the beast. Three massive players went home in a period of like a week. We just, we're just we seeing footage of SJ here. Were you surprised that she turned on you? Completely. Completely surprised. And I am really struggling with it still. Now. I can see that. Mm. Why has it affected you so much? Um, because I was fiercely loyal. And, um, you know, although people did see me shake Nick's hand and say, I'm not going to go for you, for everyone else that I had their back, I genuinely had their back. I rooted for them, I rallied for them. I, you know, Mel, Mel saw me in action. If you were on my side, I would put my body in the line and I put my body in the line so much for SJ. And then when I needed her vote, my the one time I needed her vote, she wasn't there for me and it hurts, it still hurts. And you know, I'm okay that Tilly voted for me. I'm okay that Steve voted for me. You know, they called me after and explained themselves and I totally understand. SJ called me and explained herself, but I just, it didn't make sense to me. And um, she was the one person, her and Jess were the people that I wasn't, wasn't going to vote out. Like I genuinely had their back. So Katie is right. I, we tried so many times to get SJ out and Katie <laughs> literally fought like she was on the line. It was like Katie battled hard for SJ to stay several times. I was surprised. 
So, Katie, I definitely saw your whole body language change as soon as I brought up SJ. Can you ever forgive her? Of course I can forgive her. You know, of course I can forgive her. It is a game, um, but it's it's still loyalty for me is so important. And funnily enough, Mel and I actually had a secret um, a secret alliance, and I feel so strongly about you know loyalty and integrity that I knew I couldn't protect her. And it was like two days later I said to Mel, I can't have a secret alliance with you because I. I will have to self-evict if you get evicted and I and I've told you I'll protect you so I just my conscience I, it doesn't sit well with me and so yeah the, the SJ thing has upset me of course I can forgive her you know she does have a good heart um, she is playing a very different game to to a lot of us and that's okay everyone's playing a different game mm. and I have to look at it from a different perspective and I also have to look at it from her eyes and she made a big move to protect us um, so I have to put ego aside for sure. And um, and yes, I will forgive her. <laughs> well, this has been the most devastating week of Big Brother because three of my most favourite people have left the house. We lost Nick, we lost Mel and we lost Katie. You know, Big Brother continues on Monday through Wednesday at 7.30pm on 7 and 7 Plus. We will see a whole bunch of intruders come in. I've already started watching that episode. I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy with the intruders. <laughs> and I tell you what, guys, you see the housemates all celebrating the fact they're in the top 10 and then it turns like Big Brother does. Mel and, Mel and Katie, thank you so much for being on the Ange Robin Robbo show. Thank you yeah, so much. Thanks, Mel. <laughs> I almost said oh. Koshi there. Oh. <laughs> I kept thinking you were going to say that. Like Every time you said Mel, I'm like, Mel, what? what? I didn't know that. Also, I adored you saying, I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I'm not happy about it. It was, it, you had a certain plum in your voice. I'm not happy about it. And I enjoyed it very much. So, hey, um, who's popped up? Jason Roses, the oh, one only. Oh, he's turned up. Oh, well, hello there. Here, Jason, maybe we should get a hit of entertainment. <laughs> and there is, really, this is the story of the day. Huge news out of Hollywood about Ellen. It's massive news after the 19th season of The Ellen Show, which will begin at the end of this year. That's it for the show. So there will be no more Ellen after this season. It, of course, first aired in 2000. And who, did someone just cheers then? What? <laughs> Do not cheer. It was me. I am going. She is no baker than plastic pretending to be wood. No, nah, I'm going to disagree. She has won... 17 Emmy Awards, 17 People's Choice Awards. Let's just take a fake, look fake, fake. when she, of course, announced <laughs> she was not going to do the show. To make. Today, I am announcing that next season, season 19, is going to be my last season. So, the past oh. 18 years, <laughs> you have to know, has changed my life. You all have changed my life. And I am forever grateful to all of you for watching for laughing, for dancing, sometimes crying. This show has been the greatest experience of my life. <laughs> and I owe it all to you. What I, what I really enjoyed there was, I think it was probably even in the auto queue, it said pause for reaction. Pause. <laughs> um, and this will be my last. And then we... The, it was supposed to be the... Oh! Everyone in the went, audience went... No shit, yeah. Sherlock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
You got that was so funny. <laughs> No, have you I'm, heard about I'm, the way she allegedly? I'll throw that word in there. Treats her stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. If allegedly that is true, it's awful. But in terms of the show that she would create, you know, her humor, like what she would like, I found her very, very entertaining. And of course, you know, it was first announced in May 2019 that she had signed for another three years. So speaking to the Hollywood Reporter, this is what she had to say. I was going to stop oh, after season I'm... 16. That was oh. going to be my last season. And they wanted to sign for four more years. And I said I'd sign for maybe one. So we settled on three more years. And I knew that would be my last. That's been the plan all along. When you're a creative person, you constantly need to be challenged. And as great as this show is, and as fun as it, fun as it is, it's just not a challenge anymore. If I was quitting the show because of that, I would have come back this season. So it's not why I'm stopping, but it was hard because I was sitting at home. I wasn't working, so I had no platform and I didn't want to address it on Twitter. Rob, you are such a professional. I thought it was a video that was about to be played. <laughs> and, and, and I just paused and you just went in there like a seagull and took over. Of course. Doesn't take much a lot of to take over, don't worry. <laughs> no, yeah, it doesn't take much for you to talk. Now, of course, a lot of people <laughs> were speculating the real reason was because the controversy of the allegations of a toxic work environment. I'm going to be in big trouble. Uh, and of course, her show, it is down 50% of its viewers, over a million people year on year, which of course people have largely attributed to that rocky period. But when asked about what the Hollywood reporter said, this is what Ellen had to say. Okay. Like if I was quitting farm the where she can relate with all the the animals and the pets and the dogs and the cows and the pigs because she can relate to animals far more than she does with people. All right, abort, abort. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> let's just let's just go to the next story. No, no, but oh, it's okay. interesting because what we just saw there, and I think we'll play it again, was actually the producer who has come out on Sunrise before, and she has had a big go at Ellen, and she was on the Sunrise program this morning. Mm. Seriously, you've got to enjoy this. Have a look at what she said. Well, I'd like to see her work on a farm where she can relate with all the, the animals and the pets and the dogs and the cows and the pigs because she can relate to animals far more than she does with people. Oh, see. Uh, no, I think wow. that's mean. Like, you know what? No, she's great. says she's been through the ringer. Yeah, I think she's been through the ringer. You know, she's gracefully, she's saying, I'm done with the show. Stop picking on her. No, here's the problem. Here's the problem. And, and look, if you Google me and Ellen, um, I've got some statements out there. I will be honest, when this all happened, I actually thought she'd get through it because I thought ultimately her fans won't care, you know, um, mm. which happens with a lot of entertainers. The problem is she sort of admitted it, then it got bigger, and it took on a life of its own, so it became much bigger. The fact is she built a brand on being nice. And then it Correct. turned out she's not. And that- She's not a nice- uh, You know, if Pete, if someone came and said to you, oh, Rob's a bit of an arsehole, everyone would go, yeah, probably. Um, you know, oh, yeah. 
<laughs> you know, that's not against my brand. I go on rants, I have my opinions and all that kind of stuff. Ellen was non-political, um, very nice, you know, like, and I loved the show for a time. And I, I just think that, yeah, I, I think this did destroy her. I think it wore her down. Whether she was pushed or not, it definitely wore her down, Jason. Oh, there's no doubt about it. My question is, who's going to take over being, you know, the daytime queen? Is it going to be Kelly Clarkson? Because yeah. she's got a great TV show there in America. Yeah, it'll be Kelly Clarkson. She's the new Oprah. She um, gets big and thin, and people take that journey with her all the time. She's she's basically the white Oprah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Are you Alrighty. allowed to comment on a woman's weight like that? Sorry? Are you allowed to comment on a woman's weight? I'm a huge fan, and I'm a little fan when she gets smaller. Um, but she she has the, <laughs> she has the weight fluctuation like Oprah, and I was just making that joke that Oprah went on that journey. Maybe I've got. Alrighty, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna Let's save you there, Robert McKnight. Yeah, we're gonna do that. Now, in a massively heartbreaking story that Peter Ford broke uh, earlier this week, Bert Newton has been through uh, quite the ringer, hasn't he, Jason? Yeah, it's a very sad story. The the legend Bert Newton, he's had to have his leg amputated after an infection spread from his toe. Now, entertainment reporter Peter Ford broke the story. Here is what he had to say on 3AW. I got a telephone call last night from Patty Newton, which is always a lovely thrill when her name comes up on my phone and she seemed reasonably bright and chirpy, but she was delivering what is essentially bad news, but very determined that I not report it as bad news, so I will do my best. So long story short, what happened is on Saturday afternoon, Bert Newton had a leg amputated. Now he has been in hospital for the past six weeks and it started off just before Christmas time, so what's that, four? months ago or thereabouts uh, a toe infection and it didn't seem particularly dramatic at the time and subsequently a whole series of doctors and specialists and vascular surgeons have all been and investigated and the long and the short of it was Bert was given the ultimatum you only have a couple of months to live but if you have this operation and we amputate your leg you could have many years ahead so that was the choice and Bert clearly chose to stick around very scary stuff but in good news patty shared this photo on instagram yesterday with the caption thank you everyone for your prayers and beautiful words i think albie has stolen bert's hairpiece so clearly they're in good spirits and still with a sense of humor look how beautiful that photo is at least he's on his way to recovery yeah exactly isn't it wonderful how the uh, the moon face gene is very strong still yeah. Uh, so hopefully Archie there has a wonderful career in showbiz. Yes. And uh, speaking of Globes, uh, I hear the Golden Globes are having a bit of trouble right now. Yeah, it began back in February just before uh, this year's ceremony. The LA Times released an article exposing that the Hollywood Foreign Press Association didn't have a black member out of its 87. Uh, and of course, a social media campaign began. Uh, it was supported by high profile celebrities that included Mark Ruffalo and Shonda Rhimes. Uh, we also saw a huge decline uh, in the audience numbers with only six 
6.9 million viewers compared to 18.32 million uh, last year. And now NBC, they of course have aired the Golden Globes for 26 years and they came out with a statement saying, we continue to believe that the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is committed to meaningful reform. However, change of this magnitude takes time and work, and we feel strongly that the HFPA needs time to do it right. As such, NBC will not air the 2022 Golden Globes. Assuming the organisation's execs on its plan, we are of course hoping we'll be in a position to air the show in January 2023. Uh, and of course, since that announcement, the HFPA have announced a reform plan timeline detailing a step-by-step step, step action that is being taken to address these concerns. And they, of course, said, regardless of the next air date of the Golden Globes, implementing transformational changes as quickly and as thoughtfully as possible remains the top priority for our organisation. Uh, not only has NBC severed ties, but both Netflix and Amazon Prime Video have said they will not work with the organisation until more meaningful changes are made. Uh, and of course, apparently Tom Cruise sent back his three Golden Globes. There's a bit of a tough time ahead, but at least, you know what, at least some change is happening. This is all for the positive eyesight. It's a shame they're not airing this year, but hopefully they'll be back in 2023 with a bang. What is diversity? Uh, I, I'm asking a loaded question here because does it mean African-American people? Because the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is made up of many nations. Look, there's a lot of problems with that organisation. We all know it. It's, it, it's basically it's a, a farce of an organisation. But the diversity question does surprise me, considering that it's a you know it, it's made up of people of all different nationalities. It is diverse. It's just not african-american diverse so. but americans don't consider you to be like they'll have diversity uh scholarships at college and there was uh an incident where i think it was michigan or minnesota there was three kids from south africa who got a scholarship as an african-american because they were south african passports and they also had american passports so they were south african and they took the scholarship away when they found out that they were white because they don't actually looking for cultural diversity or for any kind of really thing, anything other than visual diversity. Yeah. Because you could be a black person raised in a white house and it's fine, you're still mm. African-American. But if you are a white person raised in a black house, then you're culturally appropriating. Um, and so even though it's a foreign press and it's made up of people from the entire world, America's having a moment and it's due and it should be having a moment because black people have been treated oh, as lesser citizens for a long time. Yeah. But at the same time, they only make up 14% of the population. And people keep saying Oscar's so white and all that. But it's like, if you're only 14% of the population and you've got 16% representation on television, which they've shown, but then, you know, you're not getting nominated in every category, but you're not making up every category. So I'm always conflicted because I think that sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, middle-aged white men do get all the accolades and there's a lot of amazing black actors. But then half the time lately, it's the British black actors playing African-Americans that are getting all the work. So does that count? Like, is that still, yeah. you know, Look, like a black person view, or an African? Sure. It's, and, it's and so hard. I think, I think we all agree. It's good to see this happening. 
I'm just going to be honest. I'm calling bullshit on NBC. I reckon this is more a play that award ceremonies are not rating during the time of COVID, especially. Award ceremonies have been coming down yeah. for years. Um, they mm. haven't been rated. They're just pretending to be woke while nobody's going to watch it because everybody's backlashing Absolutely. against all the celebrities anyway. And they're like, we don't care what celebrities think in COVID. Yep. And yeah. that's the thing. People aren't watching award shows. And NBC have just gone, this thing's going to rate like crap. Let's put a movie of the week on or something. It's a lot cheaper. I don't think this is about the movement at all. I'm sorry. I'm cynical. Hey, um, let's let's get to something a little lighter. Bruno is literally sitting there waiting to come on. Jason, a Nine News reporter, <laughs> has landed himself in a little bit of a sticky situation. Yes, yes. Reed Butler, Nine News reporter in Melbourne, being out on the streets comes out with its risks. Have a look what happened. Potentially <laughs> hundreds of other commuters. The train lines I'm talking about are the Craggy Burn. Craggy Burn. Anyone who was on that train at the same time is being urged to get tested immediately and isolate until their results are known. And you'll hear from some of those people being tested today. So he got pooed on. Ah, oh, he handled. Oh, but can I just say people should head he to handled the Victorian it so well. website, Davina. Guys, it is it is a sign of good luck i've been pooed on many times it's i mean it's it's embarrassing but he handled it well he just by he bird. kept reading whilst... bruno's about yeah, to talk Jason, about sex lives so you know <laughs> yeah do you mean yeah, by bird, it, it wasn't oh, it wasn't human poo robert <laughs> of course it was a bird is that the question you asked <laughs> So just to explain, because you couldn't see it on the vision, basically the guy got booed on by a pigeon. And Abby, I'm going to apologise to you because I always have a go at the TikTok videos and things that you pick. I'm taking responsibility for that one. I picked it. I asked you to put it in the rundown. It was a big mistake. What? what wait, why is that? Because you couldn't see what had happened. Yeah. Yeah. That old chestnut. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, you need to see it, I guess, if we're, yeah. All right, Jason, we will see you next week, along with Joe Casamento. Bye, and for those asking, Joe isn't here this week because of uh, she had a personal thing happening and going on, just a, one of that couldn't make this week, but she will be back next week. So fear not, we get, you get a double dose. You get film with Joe and entertainment with Jason. All right, Jason, thank you very much. <laughs> That whole thing was smooth as butter, I think. That that was fantastic. Look, we oh, have another five it. weeks of rehearsal and then we'll be fine. Look, it's now time to end the show <coughs> with a bit of a laugh with our good friend Bruno. Bruno Boucher, the List King. Hello. <laughs> hey, guys. Good afternoon. Um, happy late night shopping. How exciting. <laughs> Thursday. I love it. This is, this is uh, great. Beautiful. What have you got? What have you been looking at, Bruno? Well, uh, sex stuff online. So I was reading the Daily Mail and uh, there was an article in oh. there about, um, uh, here's the headline, hang on, it'll explain it a little bit better. The secret to a happy marriage, never make love at night, sleep at night and play by day. And I was like, oh. I, was, I was sort of like blown away a little bit by that headline because I, I, I was like, do, 
during the day that's that's just craziness and in this article they interviewed like four different British couples uh, about their sex lives and I just thought like breathing it I, I was in the office and I was just like screaming out loud what's going on I don't understand any of this <laughs> and so I thought who better than to kind of maybe uh, run these past you and just get your take on like am I a prude or are these people weirdos right is, that, is, that, is that okay if we, if we do a, a bit of a round of this okay I'm guys well of what Sarah might say, but all right. So meet Linda and Ben, right? And they basically say that even with two young children, we still have sex three times a week because we put aside, uh, we put time aside for it during the day. Now, listen, I need to ask you guys, have you ever actually scheduled sex in your diary? Is no. this is this something that, no, you, you don't do that, right? Sarah, we've lost your audio. She's probably saying yes. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, yes, uh, agenda, What Sarah and, uh, is saying is my diary's wide open. <laughs> oh, oh. Jesus. And right. okay, all right, let me ask let me ask this. And this is more for uh, for the for the for the married uh, folk. Oh, Jesus. Is three times a week too much? I reckon that's great if you can get it. So three times a week is too much. I wouldn't be able to walk uh, three times a week. <laughs> I'm probably wait, 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 right. wait, 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 if you've got trouble walking, I'd suggest that you're not doing it right. If you're, cause you're married to a, a heterosexual lady. I mean, I don't want to pry here, Bruno, but if you're walking funny afterwards. Oh no, I just put in a lot of uh, effort. Like, you know, I, just, I aim to please, but I, I just think that for a, a married for couple. C for technique. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, no, I, I just thought three I'm times a week is, is is too much. Once you're married, like, what's going on here? All right, why don't we meet the next couple? So here we have Laura and Paul, and so they barricade themselves in their bedroom for a quickie, and they lie to their kids and tell them, you can't come in because we're riding the Christmas list. Now, that, have, have you guys ever, uh, like, well, I guess we can look at it one of two ways. Uh, have you ever been busted by your kids? Or alternatively, did you ever catch your parents in the act? Sarah, it's so bad we can't hear you. This is your topic. I don't know what's happened to your mic. Um, I've never caught my parents in the act. But seriously, you don't have to tell your kids anything. Just give them their iPads and say you've got an hour on the iPads. Or, or ten An minutes. hour? Jeez. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. You've <laughs> got three and a half minutes. Um, and that I'll includes tell you, the time tell it you, takes I'll... to eat the pizza. <laughs> I'll tell you a quick a quick story here. I used to uh, collect decorative bottles uh, when I was uh, a straight teenager, and I would put oh, them. Oh no! Where did my, you put them? Um, <laughs> on my no 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 wait! I put them on my desk, which would also back up on my parents' desk wall. I was watching the uh, watching the X Files one night, which was around the corner down the hallway, and I heard my bottles shaking. And I thought, "What the bloody hell is that noise?" So I pulled Smolder and Scully. Go over there. There were noises that I don't want to hear, and my bottles were shaking because their bed backed <laughs> up on the wall. And I can still hear the noises. Every time I hear a bottle hit another bottle, I, I freak out. It's a very triggering experience. Um, 
You know what's funny? My parents are um, a, a French and very kind of liberated, right? So they would often uh, bring like a third person oh. in, right? Mum would have like girlfriends. And I remember um, there was this um, there was p- this particular lady named uh, Francine who would come over and I would look after uh, Francine's dog called Arthur while mum, dad and Francine would have sex. <laughs> I I wait, is this true? Is I that a true story? That story? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot. And I was so, I was so devastated when I heard that Arthur got hit by a, um, a garbage truck and died. I was like, ah, oh, Arthur, cute dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bruno! Wait, you never know where it's gonna go. Um, do you, should we meet the third couple? I've got Liz oh, and Jones. Sarah, yes, reset yes, your yes, Bluetooth. I've got two more. Okay, so this is Emma and Sam, sorry. Now, they say that after dropping off the children to school, they practically run home to have sex. Mm-hmm. Now, my question to you guys is about those pyjamas. Are pyjamas too dressy and too unsexy for bed? Because that just looks absolutely disgusting what's going on there. Pyjamas, how do we feel about them? Bruno... Before we talk about the pyjamas, can I just say, isn't it always the ugliest people who can't get enough sex? They're just rabbits. <laughs> it's a very good point. Whenever I watch documentaries and stuff about, like, you know, uh, swingers and stuff like that, you're always like, oh, I mean, you know, like, uh, it wouldn't kill for a good-looking person to be uh, involved. <laughs> Uh, I'm just trying to be nice. Absolutely. Um, Oh, God, I wish we could talk to you, Sarah. It's killing me that we've got no audio from you. Um, No. Is there another one, Bruno, or is that it? Yeah, yeah. Can I I just introduce you to the very last couple? Once again, a great-looking couple. We've got Liz and John, and they say that they talk uh, to their friends. Hang on, we just... Amanda's going to go looking for Liz and John. Oh, we don't have Liz and John. She's excited oh, about this conversation. You'll have to tell us about it. Oh, no. No, that's all right. So, hang on. I can show you on my little sheet so oh, yeah. you can see what Liz and John look like. Oh, Liz and John. Okay. Oh, hey, guys. Oh, it's Liz and John. And, and you see, Liz and John, uh, they talk openly to their friends about sex and most are surprised when we tell them about our passion for afternoon delights. Now, can I just say... With your friends, do you guys actually discuss your sex life with them? Because I would find yep. that really yep. creepy. You, you do? Yeah, 100%. I love talking about sex. That's only because you don't, I don't get, get it. Any. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. You do it. <laughs> no, because I always just pretend that it's like, that it's never happened. You know, like if, 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 if it pops up, I'm always like, um, I've heard of it. You're a bit they depressed, do it. actually, Bruno. For someone who, whose mum was having threesomes and the like, you um, are a bit... You don't like talking about it as a general... About yourself. Yeah, no, I'm a bit of a bit of a prude when it comes to that stuff. That's why when I read this article about uh, these four uh, disgusting couples out of the UK uh, doing stuff, <laughs> I was just, like, blown away by it. I was like, what are, what are you guys doing, I'm, inviting your friends over for dinner and telling them about, oh, of an afternoon, we love to have a bit of hanky-panky. It's like, all right. 
let, let me tell you right now, those four couples are all swingers and they all know each other. That's how the reporter got them, found one of them, introduced them to the others to create this article. They are all right. sleeping with each other. I think you're right. Oh, my God. Well, you know, thanks for nothing. I feel I didn't get any clarification on any of those questions uh, whatsoever. Uh, but we learned a uh, lot about Robbo and the bottles. And, um, like, that's pretty cool. No, it's not. Stop it. <laughs> They're here again. All right. Um, all right. Everybody, thank you, Bruno. We'll see you next week. Thank you, mate. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks, Bruno. Bye. Oh, Bye. boy. I, I seriously need a Bex and a good lie down after that. Thank you for <laughs> watching our very first <laughs> episode. We figured it would just be over an hour and a half. Look, let us know. Is it too long? Is it too short? What did you like about it? Do you like the interviews? Do you not? Do you want more hot topics? Let us know by going to... I want more hot topics. You want more hot topics? Yeah. Yep. Right. 100%. Let us know by going to facebook.com slash the ARR show and leave your comments. We really do want to shake this show for you. You are the viewers and we want to know what you think. Sarah, thank you for being with us. Even if you can't speak to us at the moment, I really... You did great. Oh, the, the we love having wife. you on. So <laughs> if Angie isn't here next week, you'll have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning again. All right. That brings us to the end of the show. We'll see you next week on the And Robin Robbo Show at Thursday, 8 p.m. Bye-bye for now. It's the Ange the Robbo. the Robbo Show. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.